0: Hello, brethren. Brother Bob here again. This podcast is about missing out on God's blessings. Brethren, I personally believe that many of God's people are missing out on their opportunity to be a witness for Christ when the Lord sends them through an earthly trial that he ordained, like a sickness or a disease, hoping that he can use them for his glory to reach people they normally never meet. Let me paraphrase what I just said. Maybe the next time you find yourself going through a difficult hardship in life or find yourself being treated unfairly, instead of grumbling or worrying or getting angry, you might want to look around and see if it is the Lord who sent you on this difficult journey because he has a lost soul he is trying to reach with the message of Christ and he would like to use you to do that for him. It seems like most times when someone in the church gets sick or finds out that they have some disease or some ailment. The very first thing they ask for is prayer to be healed. And most times when someone in the church is treated unfairly, their first reaction is not to go with the flow and look for an opportunity to witness to a lost person. Their first reaction normally is, Life's not fair. Now, I'm not going to get into it right now, but if anyone had the right to say life's not fair, it was our Savior. Thank God he handled his unfair situation better than most. In my 40, four zero years of being a believer, I have never, ever heard a pastor say something like, I just found out that Sister Dorothy has cancer. Let's pray that Sister Dorothy uses disease to bring someone to the Lord. It just does not usually go that way. Most believers are so self-centered and self-focused in their thinking that normally the very first thing they think about when they get sick or get a disease is themselves. Now, not to brag or boast for myself, but what I'm going to share next, I share only So that none of you can say, but Brother Bob, how could you possibly know what this experience is like unless you go through it yourself? Well, I have been through a very, very serious disease myself. Because my wife and I have always been very spiritually focused, Christ-centered believers. When we found out that I had a tumor in my lung a few years back, we were prepared for whatever journey that the Lord was going to send us through. Before I began this new journey, I knew that my walk with the Lord was good. And I knew I had no unconfessed lingering sins in my life, so I, I knew my Heavenly Father was not disciplining me. A little interjection here. When you're sick, when weak, there's always a possibility that what we're going through is because of unrepented sin. Now, because I'm a faithful believer, I definitely was not afraid or worried about dying. Are you kidding me? Afraid of dying? I knew that if I died, I would step into a wonderful, sinless paradise forevermore. And the only person or thing that I would miss from this life would be my beautiful God-fearing wife. Now, I was anxious to get out of this sin-cursed body and step into eternity and enter the joy of the Lord. But I was also aware that there were things I could accomplish for the Lord while still living on planet Earth. Another interjection. I truly believe that many of God's children have so much time and energy and finances and feelings invested deep into the things of the world that they actually do not want to die and leave it all behind. So once I found out that I had a tumor, my immediate and continual prayer was, Lord, please have me to be faithful and being a great testimony for Christ as we go through this. Now, in all reality, that is always my prayer in life. I am continually asking the Lord to use me in whatever way is necessary. That's a scary prayer to be asking for, but I do it. Well, the journey that my wife and I went on as we traveled through this medical situation was a blessing. Along the way, the wife and I got to share the message of Christ with people we never would have met if I had not gotten this tumor in my lung. And we met some incredible unsaved people. Great chances to share about creationism and the love of God who hung on nails and died for them. Another interjection. Brethren, as heaven-bound children of God, our earthly goals when we go through a physical or medical hardship, should not be to be so focused and concerned about hanging on to this life that we forget to do those things which will matter in the next life. Now, as I went through my medical hardship, there were no miraculous healings, and there were no supernatural events that took place. And I'm not sure if anyone I witnessed who even got saved, but I know that the Lord was pleased with the way I handled myself through this trial because of the witness opportunities and because of my lack of, of a fear of dying during this whole ordeal. Now, I know that some of the things that the Lord accomplished through my wife and I will not be revealed till we get to heaven. So with what I just shared, let me share a great story of how a a new and excited in his faith Christian young man that I knew was faithfully tested years ago and it helped to win a soul to Christ. Now, this story will help explain what I'm trying to get across in this podcast. When I was a new believer in Christ, I had a friend who was also a new believer in Christ at the same time. I'm not going to mention his name for personal reasons, but this young man decided to give up his life of sin, accept Christ as his Lord and Savior, and became very serious about serving his new Savior. He sold his worldly stuff, got rid of the drugs, the sexual immorality, got rid of all that wickedness in his life, and even signed up to join a local missionary Bible school. He was truly dedicated and genuinely dedicated to serving the Lord. The Lord had definitely got hold of his heart and mind. One night, this young and the Lord believer was at a Wednesday night Bible study, and he became violently ill with a very high fever. He was rushed off to the local emergency room. The doctors and nurses took his temperature, checked his vitals, drew some blood in a quest to try to find out what was causing him to have this high fever. And after the doctors and nurses had done their jobs, they left this young Christian man alone in a room waiting to get his test results back. And while this young Christian believer was sitting in a small room waiting for his test to come back, he began praying, Lord, I know you are a loving father and you have me here for a reason. Lord, please use me any way you want to. While this young believer was praying in his room, a nurse came into the room and noticed him praying. And this male nurse said, I see that you believe in God. I too have been on a journey to find the Lord. Maybe you can help me figure some stuff out. And when this young Christian man heard what this nurse asked him, he knew right away why the Lord had given him a fever. God desired to use this new Christian as a witness. This new believer in Christ had immediately shared the gospel of Christ with this nurse, and as soon as he had finished witnessing to this nurse, his fever immediately went away. The nurse left, and the doctors came in a little while later and saw that the high fever had completely left this Christian man, and they were amazed. The doctors double-checked this young man's vital signs and declared him cured. This young Christian man then explained to the doctors that he believed that the Lord had brought him to the hospital for a single purpose. And now that that purpose was accomplished, the Christian man told the doctors the Lord had healed him. Now, one might think that this would be the end of this amazing journey for this new believer. However, the story gets better. You see, this new believer in Christ knew that he did not have any financial means to pay off this large medical bill. So he threw up a prayer to the Lord as he was leaving. He said, Lord, will you please take care of this? He left it at that. Spoiler alert. I think the prayer that this young man lifted up to God was totally unnecessary because I believe the Lord already had plans to pay this guy's medical bill off long before he even got sick, so long as a Christian man was faithful in the mission that the Lord sent him on. Anyways, as this young Christian man was standing at the billing desk working out a payment plan for his bill, This male nurse he had witnessed to came running down the hall. He said, I got it, I got it. He was all excited. I understand, I understand, now I understand when Christ died for me at Calvary. And he thanked the young Christian man for sharing with him. So this young Christian man left the hospital knowing God had used him in a miraculous way. And oh yeah, a few days later, this faithful young man was notified that his hospital bill had been entirely paid off by an anonymous person. Praise the Lord for his goodness. Praise the Lord for his faithfulness. Now this new believer in Christ might have showed up at the hospital whiny and pouty and grumbly, complaining that he could not afford to be sick and totally blown the opportunity to be a witness for Christ. How many times in our lives have we blown what the Lord has planned for us because we were using our fleshly eyes and our fleshly mind instead of our spiritual eyes and our spiritual brain to look around at the situation we find ourselves in and see God's hand in it. Brethren, the Lord does not need us to accomplish his will. However, I do believe he enjoys trying to use his children to accomplish his will in this world. I believe that when the Lord tries to use us to accomplish his will, and we see it, it's an absolute blessing to know that we are playing a part in our Heavenly Father's attempt to do something amazing. So, if you find yourself going through a trial of life, or through something that's just not fair, quit whining and be about your father's business. So make sure you are you have no sin in your life. If something comes up in your life, first thing you need to check is make sure you're dealing with your sin. The Bible says the Lord disciplines those who He loves. So make sure you're right with the Lord. However, if you sincerely believe that your heart and life are clean of any unrepentant sin, and you still find yourself going through a difficult hardship, I would encourage you to stop fretting and whining and grumbling, and look around to see how the Lord wants to use you as you go through this hardship. I can fill a library with all the books and magazines which have these amazing stories in them on how Christ used a believer to accomplish an amazing, miraculous thing. I could probably also fill a library with the books of the people who blown the opportunity to be used Christ in an amazing way. Sadly, those amazing events have seemed to die out these days because, as I see it, most of God's children have stopped looking for the Lord's hand in their hardship or trial. And instead have become a people of worrying, whining, and woe is me. Let me share an amazing story of Noah with you. Thank God for faithful Noah. Now I'm going to take some liberties with this story. I'm going to try to make it kind of funny. I'm going to add my own words to it. So don't call me up and tell me I'm blasphemous for adding God's word. These are my words, not God's word. Again, I share this Noah story in my words in a way to be humorous and to lighten up the moment. Now I believe that Noah did not have a clear idea of what he was actually getting into when the Lord told him what his plans were for mankind. Also keep in mind, the Lord clearly implied to Noah that he was going to be taking on this tremendous task in order to save himself, his family, and some animals. Nowhere in the scriptures did the Lord command Moses to preach to the people so that they too can be rescued. Never once. God has his ways. He never allowed the people in Sodom and Gomorrah to be preached to and repent. The good Lord simply decided to judge Sodom and Gomorrah and bam, they died. And then in a different situation, the Lord sent Jonah to Nineveh to preach to them so that they could have time to repent, and repent they did. So even though many Bible teachers like to teach that Noah preached about this coming judgment of God message for a very, 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 very long time to the people outside the boat, the Bible never says that. And to assume that Noah preached to the people outside the boat is total speculation. So here's my little scenario. This is God speaking to Noah. He says, hey Noah, this is the Lord, I got a job for you. Noah, because of the unrepented wickedness of mankind, I'm about to destroy mankind. However, I find you to be a pretty decent, humble, God-fearing person, Noah. So, yeah, I have this offer, you might want to think it over. Now, the Bible says in Genesis 6, 8, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. The basic meaning of the Hebrew word, "chan" favor, is favor. The word means whatever is pleasant and agreeable. So this means that how Noah lived his earthly life was pleasing enough to the Lord, that the Lord decided to save him and his family from destruction. Please understand that this verse I read is not saying that the Lord simply chose Noah to save the human race and the planet's animals because it pleased the Lord to do so. No, no, no. This verse is saying that because the Lord saw that Noah was a faithful man of God, And because of that, the Lord was pleased with Noah. And because the Lord was pleased with Noah, God changed his mind about destroying all of mankind and was going instead to try to use Noah to save him, his family, and some animals. So God, again, God speaking to Noah. So Noah, if you agree to my conditions, I have a very daunting task for you. I'd like you to build a boat in your backyard. And again, Noah, I'm asking you to do this task because I would like to use it to save you and your family, which will in turn eventually save the human race. And in the process, we'd like to save a few animals too. Now, Noah, right now I'm not really interested in saving any others but your family and some animals. So Noah, because you have a heart to serve me, I'm going to hold off on the total annihilation of all life on planet Earth and instead settle on a total destruction of the planet Earth, except for those people who choose to get on this large boat you are building And except for those animals that I choose to send to the boat, you are building. So, Noah, tell me, do you think that you're up to this task I have for you? Good, good. You think you are. That's good. Good, good. Now, before we get started, do you have any questions, Noah? You would like to know how big the boat is going to be. Good question, Noah. Well, in order to save your family and a lot of animals, you're going to have to build a very, very, very large boat. In fact, this boat's going to have to be about 500 feet long, 75 feet wide and 50 feet tall with a waterproof covering yeah yeah I know no that that is a very large boat and again though you'll need to build a waterproof covering for the entire boat because I'm going to cause water lots of water to fall from the sky so no you think I'm trying to pull a fast one on you by telling you that water is going to fall from the sky huh well I'm not now Right now, Noah, you're not going to know what this water falling from the sky is all about. However, Noah, trust me, I will have a long, 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 long time to explain rain to you before it happens. And here is a little heads-up thing for you, Noah. The whole water falling from the sky scenario is going to be a hard sell to those hard-hearted humans out there. So be prepared to be mocked and ridiculed for a long, long, long time. And no, I have a few more minor details that I need to share with you. First of all, Noah, one of the things that I'm not going to tell you is how long it's going to take to build this massive boat. So you're just going to have to keep at it until the day comes. Because after all, an unfinished boat will not float well in the monstrous storm that I'm sending your way. Yeah, Noah, it's going to get pretty wild out there once this boat starts moving. Trust me. Now this is me kind of whispering to you. I don't want Noah to hear this. It's like God's going to say... Noah doesn't have a clue that it's not going to rain for 120 years. I just did not have the heart to tell the poor guy that he was going to be building this massive vote for 120 years. But I know that Noah is a faithful man, and I'm confident he, that he will get her done on time. And here's another thing, Noah. I'm not going to tell you when the rain starts. And if what I'm asking you is not already hard enough, there's one more thing. You and your family are going to be working on building this ark right up until the water starts falling from the skies. So anyways, this man Noah sure was a faithful, patient man of God. None of us would be here if it were not for the faithful Noah. 120 years building a ship to float on water that comes from rain that has never happened before. Wow, 120 years. And even though we do not read much about Noah's wife, she must have been a godly, righteous woman too. Most wives would have dumped their husbands, let's say, after twenty years of building a ship to nowhere. Side note, years ago I knew a man who spent twenty years building, literally from the ground up, a steel steel hulled thirty foot sailboat with a massive diesel engine in it, only to never sail in it. When he retired he sold the boat and moved to the middle of the country, far from any ocean. Go figure. Anyways, back to my Noah story. Just kinda I'm gonna put this kind of in a funny little ad lib scenario. It's like Elder Deacon says to to Gladys Utenberg at church, I have not seen your husband Gunther around for a while, Gladys. What is Gunther up to? To which Gladys says, Ah, that crazy old goat has been outside these past 28 years building a boat. I know that if I was Noah, I would probably have started wondering where the rain was maybe after 20 or 30 years. Now, I know Noah lived a long time, 950 years old when he died. But still, 120 years waiting patiently for the Lord to deliver water from the sky, something that has never been seen before, is a sign of a very, very faithful man of God. And then Noah had to put up at the fools on the ground who were always mocking him. You can just picture it. Rain, yeah. You've been doing this for 50 years, Noah. Rain, right? Yeah. Now, me personally, I can better relate to the fools on the ground than to Noah. Just picture it. I see this crazy religious nutcase building a massive boat in the middle of the desert, in his backyard, and he tells me that one of these days, water, lots and lots of water, will simply magically begin falling from the skies, even though that has never happened before. And Noah expects me to get on board, no pun intended, this project with him. I do not think so. I will take my chances on the dry ground, Noah. Any man or woman needs a lot of faith to go through what Noah and his family went through for all those years. Now faithful people like Abraham and Joseph and Moses never lived to see the Lord's promise to get the Israelites into the promised land, and yet they stayed faithful to the Lord. However, the testimony of their walks of faith are still shared over and over and over again by the people of the Lord in churches. At least the Lord allowed Noah to see God's will accomplished in this flood scenario. Now, because of time restraints, I'm going to jump thousands of years ahead to the Apostle Paul's days. Now time just does not permit me to go through the entire rigged and totally unjustified kangaroo court journey that the Apostle Paul went through. But because the Apostle Paul was faithful, instead of being whiny and grumbly, he was given the opportunity to witness to many rulers of the known world. The Apostle Paul could have initially simply paid his bail money, i.e. bribe money, and been back on the streets of the Middle East sharing the message of Christ with her everyday person, But God had a bigger plan for the Apostle Paul, and instead the Apostle Paul spent years going through this rigged kangaroo court system, getting an opportunity to share with people he never would have met if he never would have went through that system. I was blessed in my work life to travel to many new workplaces and many new work environments in my 40 plus years of being out there in the workforce. Moving around so much kind of made me into a traveling missionary employee. And it allowed me to share my faith with thousands of people I would not have met if I had been working in one place for all those years. Now a lot of those new places that I worked, the environment was unhealthy. And many of the new jobs were hard. And there was always a lot of stress. And yet, I was always blessed with the amazing opportunities to share the gospel of Christ wherever I ended up. So the next time you find yourself in a situation that just does not seem fair, Instead of grumbling and whining, look around and see if the Lord is trying to use you to reach someone with the message of Christ that you normally would never meet. These verses I'm going to read next are about and for God's people. Many in the church are spiritually asleep, focused only on themselves. brethren, look around. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ephesians 5:14 through 16. For this reason, it says a weak sleeper and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men or women, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. God bless. Your friend in Christ, Brother Bob. Now again, you can reach me at brobob4him at gmail.com. That's B-R-O-B-O-B number 4him at gmail.com.